I have hot chicken on the brain as we start today's show. Uh, hello, Peter Dunn, Peter Nicholas, hot chicken Dunn, love hot chicken. And I was just showing images of hot chicken to my co-hosts, of which they neither of them seemed uh, interested. Kristen, what was it about the pictures of hot chicken that I shared with you that didn't interest you? What doesn't interest me is I'm a very, when it comes to food, I'm a very like, this is a type of food to eat at this type of day. And while we record at 10 a.m. Eastern time, that's not hot chicken time. That's breakfast time. So that's just like not even appealing to me. Dane, what's weird about that? And I'm curious if this is a gender thing, maybe an age thing. Uh, Any time is a good time to look at delicious food in my eyes. And I'm curious of where you line up on that. Um, I... I would generally fall in line with that. Uh, I, now, I also believe there are some foods that are universal that, that you can eat any time of the day. Bacon. Uh, Kristen, uh, bacon, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I, I would argue pizza it can be eaten at any time of the day. Right. Fair. But not hot chicken. Guys, speaking of fitness, fitness, hot chicken in your mouth. Um, our treadmill broke about two weeks ago. Did I, did I tell you about this? No. no. And you're thinking, oh, uh, clearly, um, Pete, you've been looking a little fluffy. I don't think you've you've been on the tread. Uh, it broke the belt. We've had it for several years. The belt just like broke. And so now you've got this with no tread. So I ordered a replacement belt. And last night I sat about, set about, I should say, to repair it. Now I'm a fitness machine repairman. Got a YouTube video up. There we go. <laughs> I'm repairing it. It took about 90 minutes. And don't think the irony was lost on me that I'm repairing a fitness device and sweating profusely. Like, I got an amazing workout replacing the tread on a treadmill. Um, Kristen, this is a dumb question. We all know how treadmills work, but do you really know how a treadmill works until you've gotten inside of it? Do you understand how a treadmill really works? Um, A little motor turns a bell that turns the thing that you actually walk on. I mean, is there more to it than that? Kind of. It, it's 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 actually Dame, do you want to jump in here? No, I've never torn a treadmill apart, but I'm in running through the process in my head. So, it's really about the board. It it is actually I know you think it's about the tread that is moving and the motor that is moving the tread, but the main element of the treadmill is the running surface itself, which is a MDF board right? That has some level of flexibility and give and cushion to it. And then the belt slides over it, but it's so much more complicated than you think, because you just think it's this belt that's on this track that goes, first of all, there's no track, at least on the treadmill I have, it just slides over this slick board. Uh, it was fascinating. And, And by the way, um, I'm not going to use the treadmill. It's for my family, but it was pretty, pretty neat. I don't think you said a single thing there that I didn't already recognize about a treadmill. So you knew that it was actually about the board and not the tread? Yeah, because you have to have a little bit of cushion, but it has to be rigid enough because otherwise you're going to absolutely destroy your joints. And it has to be a low enough coefficient of friction to make sure that it slides smoothly and consistently. Jeremiah makes it on time to the show today. I think he's just here to see if we heard him talk about us on his podcast boss hog of liberty this week and i did i listened this morning i listened for the prescribed 10 minutes that i recommended to people (laughs) i had to fast forward until i heard you talk about us and uh i will have to say there was something conspicuously absent in your discussion of our show jeremiah yeah jeremiah yeah there's something conspicuously absent (laughs) don't do that Kristen elanius that is, I, I heard I wasn't mentioned, Jeremiah, and that kind of hurts my feelings. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, it was just like uh, Peter and Damien and some some gal. That lady. A <laughs> <That> lady. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Don't don't feel bad. Uh, what's going on, Damien? You having a good week? Yeah, I mean, this week's flown by. Uh, yes. We've had uh, our, our first uh, first snow days uh, for, for the kids. We got another one today. Uh, Pete, can we talk for a minute? Do you think schools are getting softer today as far as delays and cancellations go? Because we got a cancellation on whether they think is going to happen later today. 
Do you think it's about the litigious society we live in? Or, or what do you think it's like out of an abundance of caution? I don't think abundance of caution existed 20 years ago. No. You know, there no. was just caution, but never yeah. an abundance. No, I, it's I, it's probably a combination of litigious society and technology that now allows mm -hmm. uh, people to feel like they are uh, still properly educating the youth for the future. You know, something's happening in my life that I want to share with you all. I may end up in Orlando in the middle of April at a four-day world cheer competition. Oh. And I don't feel good about it, but I love my my mm -hmm. young lady so yes. much. You know what I mean? That's... I, I would love to strap a GoPro to your forehead for that <laughs> no four kidding. days and just have a running commentary of everything you're experiencing. I was telling coworker Molly this morning about this and she goes, Oh, and to be in Orlando would have to be inside. And I was like, wait, that's the best part. <laughs> like, that's the best part. It's not being outside it for any time for a ginger. Um, I think I'm a cheer dad now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you are. I know you are. Oh boy. Uh, holiday company party tonight. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. The company holiday party is tonight. Did my invitation get lost in the mail? No, everyone. You're in HQ1. You were invited. I'm teasing. Kristen, I was hoping you were going to jump in there and say, yeah, I didn't get one either. Nah. You're just choosing not to come out of an abundance of caution at the road. Caution. Yeah. I knew I knew three weeks ago that it was going to be nasty tonight. Uh, hey, Andy, uh, did you get your oh, yeah. your mug? Uh, we sent your mug. We sent one to Rick. We sent one to Danza. I had to send one to someone. There's Jeremy, non-pilot Jeremy. Um, oh, non-pilot Jeremy Andy did you get your mug I just gotta know if you got your mug hello Caitlin alright um, oh no it hasn't arrived yet oh <sighs> I saw it go out on Monday here from our offices so it might have gone out Tuesday I don't know you'll get it it's coming our hope and I say this out of respect Andy and it, like just for the comedic aspect of it I kind of hope it arrives broken. <laughs> like I, I like I know that seems rude. <laughs> I know, like I get it. Like you, you deserve it. You want it, and I want you to have a working. But it's funnier if I was involved with something that went horribly wrong, and and so I kind of hope that like the handle snapped or something. We'll send you another one, right? Anybody? What? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dame. <sighs> If it arrives broken, Andy says she's sending a pic. Okay, let's do a show. Um, hey, oh, uh, I want to do some listener stuff here for a second. Uh, yeah. I was uh, working out, I really was, on an indoor track at an indoor soccer facility the other day. And my friend Jurgen, uh, mm -hmm. by the way, former goalie for the U.S. Men's National Team for the World Cup, Jurgen, um, listener of the show. Listen to the show. Stops me. I had to pull out my noise-canceling headphones because I'm canceling out all of the, the fun. And uh, he was like, 14%? You think the market's going to do 14%? <laughs> so Jurgen, and I think Jurgen said his family listens to the show. So Jurgen, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, also, oh, go ahead. How much would we have to collect to allow Jurgen to rocket full-speed shots at you in goal? Well, here's the thing. Jurgen was the goalie for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, I know, but I'm sure he's still got a leg, and oh, I mean, he, he probably kicked balls three quarters of the way down the field. Uh, he true. could probably, you know, put put a little mustard on one. That's fair. How about this one? Hey, Pete. This was. Oh, uh, I wrote an article about convenience, time, and money, and when to exchange. Uh, but 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 we'll get here for a second. Hey, Pete. This is a great article. I'm in my mid fifties, and I concur that spending a bit of money is worth its weight in time. As a serial listener of the Pete the Planner podcast, I've always wanted to win the Listener of the Year Award. Problem is, I don't have the time to join in the live stream every Friday. You see, I might be skiing, riding my bike, walking the dog, or just out having fun with my wife. Based on this article, I got an idea. So my question is this, how much? Yep, how do I buy one of those Listener of the Year Awards? Or maybe how do I just buy the co coffee cup? <laughs> Ryby will get you everywhere, as my dad used to say, when talking about how to get us kids to do stuff my parents didn't want to do. Time versus money. Of course, I say this in jest. And whoever is reading this, I hope I just made you smile. 
in much the same way the podcast has made me smile hundreds of times. Keep up the good work, and thanks for all you do. Mike in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh. Um, that is slightly an offensive email, I have to admit. He said we've only made him laugh hundreds of times. Oh. That's, I mean, Maybe he just started listening. That's true. Um, oh, hello, Jameson. Does Pete wear Rex specs? No, I don't. Without glass, like sometimes when I'm not at work, you are a different person when you take your glasses off. I'm a completely different person. My daughter says I look like a thumb when I don't have glasses on. Uh, I just took them off and like, I don't know. Oh, let's do a show. Let's do a show. I, oh, I have a, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I just remember. We are okay. Here's the special thing about this today's show, everyone, podcast peoples. I have no idea what the topics are today. I usually find out in pre-show like five minutes before. Today, I've specifically said, I don't want to know. So I don't know how I'm going to go from introing these radio segments to pointing to the right person to talk about what. We're going to figure it out. Kristen has gotten so much better at this that she's not vomiting on herself out of fear and anxiety. Dame is just watching me fail, which is sort of one of his favorite things to do in his adult life. And here we go. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planet Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And here's what happens. We turn it into a radio show. Yeah, that's right. We will answer your emails on the air. If you do not email us, we have no radio show. And that is not a threat. It's a promise. I actually don't know what that means. Joining me, as always, Kristen Alanius. Hello. Hello. Kristen uh, works at Your Money Line. She solves people's financial problems for a living. That Damien Dunn. Oh, whoa, whoa. Damien oh. Dunn joins us as well. Damien does the same thing. Hello, Dame. Good day. Dame and I are not related, and that's important as we make our way into our first segment. Dame, who is your least favorite relative? That is the first oh, segment man. of the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, a lot of hot talk, hot goss, if you will, out there on uh, hot. You know what hot goss is, Kristen? I don't think anyone knows what that is, Pete. Gossip. Like sure. the hot gossip is called hot goss. No, you just made that up. No, I didn't make that up. That's not a thing. <laughs> Look it up. Hot Stop goss. trying to make it work, Pete. Stop trying to make it work. It's New Year's resolutions time of year, but we don't do New Year's resolutions around here. We do ins and outs, I think. That's what Kristen <laughs> says she does. Kristen, what are ins and outs relation to New Year's resolutions, and why are we talking about them? Well, first of all, I would like to say that this was set up as if this is something that I do regularly. This is, is my first time. <laughs> it's my first time doing this. But I saw a trend on social media where people started talking about instead of or in lieu of New Year's resolutions, things they want to do more of and things that they just simply want to do less of. So ins and outs. And I just loved that because it felt more like we talked at the end of the year last year in 2023 about James Clear's Atomic Habits. And to me, ins and outs feels very like James Clear-esque and where you make smaller changes all year long toward the person that you want to be. So ins and outs. All right. So personal finance ins and outs, uh, as opposed to like, I want to eat more cheese. <laughs> Ideally on account of this is a finance show, they say. So they say, Dame, I have one that maybe I'll start with. Sure. It, it, it comes, oh, it comes from a place of admitted privilege. So I want to just, just own that for a second. Oh. Okay. Sit in that. All right. I want to be more sensitive to what carry out costs. <laughs> mm. Oh, because what I'm saying, if you read through the jarble, is that I'll just order carry out. And then I'll just deal with the ramifications. And, and some might say, oh, well, great. Good for you. <clears throat> and yeah, it has been good for me. But as some of our financial priorities have shifted in our house going into 2024, like me spending a week in the Magic Kingdom watching cheerleaders <laughs> as a parent, <laughs> as a parent, uh, like I, I just like our, our, we have to change some of our financial habits. And I I have to be more sensitive to the price of carryout. So that is a. Uh, Kristen, is that an in or an out? Out is the insensitivity and in is sensitive. Is that, am I doing this right? You are. And I think 
for me, that's a habit that you want to stop. So I would say out is like insensitivity or lack of awareness of carry out costs. Uh, we do carry out two to three times, two, probably two times a week, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Dame, how often does the, the Duns of the North, uh, get carry out? Way more frequently than, than, uh, you may think because, uh, our schedule demands are that of, uh, a, a family that is on the move to chase, uh, kids around and do their activities. And there's a little bit of driving involved six yeah. days a week in that. So, uh, we usually try and get to get some, some good quality nutrition at home, but when you're making your way back uh, and you don't want your kids to sit down and throw food in their face right before they go to bed, sometimes you have to you know, get them something so it can digest a little bit. So I mean, it's uh, probably three to four times a week. It, okay. we're, we're probably picking something up or, or just stopping by to grab something real quick. Are you really like us though, too, that we don't actually dine out? It's always to go. Uh, it, the majority is to go or, or just bring with, but every once in a while, uh, a couple times a month, we'll probably go sit down somewhere. Uh, and, and since everybody's at home, they're probably all rolling my, their eyes at me right now saying, no, we, we do it completely different. Dad, you're just not paying attention. You painted a picture of a family that loves each other. Well, they're very united against somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that person, Kristen, um, how often do how you have a different lifestyle than these two olds here? Yeah. How how often do you get carry out a week? I would say that I am in the same camp of most of the meals that aren't cooked are carry out. Um, but a lot of those are like with people. I like my oh, friends and I don't that's terrible. <laughs> I don't I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but like I I will get carry out or be like, Hey, ordering pizza. And like people will be at the house. So I feel like it's a little bit different, but similar quantity vibes. I would say for sure three, maybe even four, depending on how much people are around. So this is where this, this, the rubber hits the road, so to speak. Um, we've got two teenagers. Ted is now at 11, could be 12 here soon eating like a man, mm -hmm. right? smells like a man too. Uh, eats like a man. So our carryout is low end 50, normally 80 to 90 mm -hmm. per carryout. And dude, that 150 bucks a week, that's $600 a month easy yeah. in carryout. That doesn't even count like weekend lunches as you like get right. a sandwich. Dame, where, where are you guys at? Uh, I mean, it's got to be somewhere close to that. Although a lot of our our grab and go type of stuff is a little less expensive. I mean, Mrs. Uh, Advice and I don't uh, always get something to eat when we when we're stopping by. Sometimes it's just for the kids. So uh, it's it probably actually runs less than that because we're not doing full blown meals for the family at these these uh, a lot of these stops. But I, I bet we're five hundred bucks a month. Pretty pretty easy on carry out and or dining out, I should say. What does a young a young woman with no children? What do you do there? You get, um, uh, <laughs> well, it's you also have to recognize that my options for carry out are a lot different than <laughs> the two of yours. So, like, even if it's from like a place where you can sit down and have a meal, it's probably a lot cheaper. So, I I guess I don't know that exact number because it's a lot of like Venmos and things like that. Um, but significantly less. Like last night, I had Jimmy John's. It was nine dollars. So different. I was going to suggest that since you live in such a farm ish community that like your carryout options include hay millet. Yeah. <laughs> corn, exactly. corn off the stock. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's mine out is insensitivity to carry out prices. Uh, Dame in or out. What do you, when we want to choose, what are you adding? What are you taking away? 2024. I, I, I I'd like to add a little bit more awareness to what is going on on the daily financial spectrum. We are big champions of the lazy man's budget around here, and it's easy just to kind of get sucked into that process and live your life and uh, just keep the wheels turning on that and miss the the 
the bits and pieces that are going along with your financial life. And sometimes you get surprised at the end of a month and that's never a good feeling or rarely a good feeling. So I think I, I would like to be a little, a little bit more active in my, my weekly financial life going forward in 2024. Short of the shock of the statement when you see it at the end of the month, is there something that you feel like isn't getting accomplished because of that or by the nature of the lazy main budget, you at least don't have to deal with that? No, not necessarily that. I mean, we've we've got everything, all the bases covered, but it's just one of the things where you just need to have your finger on the pulse a little bit better. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. Everyone calm down. Grab a snack. Hopefully not carry out. Uh, and we'll come back and we will talk ins and outs, what we're going to try to eliminate in 2024 financially from a behavior standpoint and what we're going to add to our journey. All of that is next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. And that's how you do a segment that you don't know is really going to exist. And I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Um, I'm glad that you didn't go to me first because I was talking like in mass, not for me personally. I hadn't really thought about my own personal ins and outs. <laughs> oh, wait. So you're just going to hear to give advice to others, but you're not going to explore your own habits? No, 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 no. I have explored my own areas for improvement in 2024. I don't know that there were any specific to personal finances. I was thinking like collectively, what could we be better at? But oh. I have one now. We're fine. <laughs> the cobbler has holes in her shoes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that a is that a does that apply there? I don't know even really what that meant. So, oh, Dame, I feel like old guy phrases. If we don't continue them, they die. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's going to be generations beyond us that don't know the great life altering phrases that we've grown up with that were handed down for generations. Whether it's a little league coach or your dad or like your grandpa. Like your mom or your grandma or your your third grade teacher, they never gave you like these idioms that made half sense. It was always some male that was just giving you some over the top <laughs> phrase that that <laughs> that you miss. Like I I had a social studies teacher in high school, Howard Buckwalter. Is that the name of a social studies teacher? Or is that the name mm -hmm. of a social Absolutely. studies teacher? He was close to. I, I feel like I've talked about him on the show. He looked like yeah. the old old man in Up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think I've shared before. He used to say um, something to like, if I if I offered you all extra credit, you'd jump on it quicker than a duck on a June bug. And I just remember <laughs> thinking, and all of us were <laughs> like 14, 15, and we're like, what? What's a June bug? What? Why is a duck jumping on a June bug? And why are you saying this, Mr. Buckwalter? And like those things, those things are gone now. We don't have phrases like that anymore. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we should uh, create a bathroom reader uh, full of of sayings that we grew up with for people to uh, continue to edify their lives with. Now all we have is grab your Stanley and hot goss. Mm -hmm. I we have you one. Are right. I, I found it. Hot goss. That's not a thing. What? It's it's on it's on the internet. It's Urban Dictionary. It's lots it's of there. things are on the internet. Kristen, I want you to lift whatever beverage you have on your table there in front of you up right now, so we can see it. It's not a Stanley. Oh. It's a Yeti. Nice try though. I have some coffee in a Contigo. Dame. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dame, Dame has a Stanley. Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. See? We, you do? Our yeah. Our family has a, an abundance of Stanley. Wait, wait, wait. Do, do you drink out of a Stanley, out of a straw? Sure. He has on the show before. Oh, yeah. Why Why wouldn't I? It's a great I, vessel for drinking fluids. I don't know. See? I just like, I I don't want to get this into like a gender thing because then I'm just like this old cantankerous guy. But like, I don't know. I just like, I don't. You drink out of a straw, Dame? Uh, so interesting that you bring this up at restaurants. Absolutely not. I, I, I don't drink out of straws. It's just, there's a glass, there's a glass there for a reason. I will drink out of the glass, but if there's, uh, a straw in like a, a to go cup, I will, I will use it. But, uh, if they're in a thermos or, or some, something like that, then yeah, I don't have much of a choice unless I can get a lid that replaces that, then I would absolutely be down for that. But if it's got a lid attached to it and it's with a straw in it, 
I'll use it. So you do primarily just like social and like private sucking because if you're in public, you're yeah. going to, you're going to pour. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no way to, to look, uh, intimidating while you're sucking out of a straw. And Chris brings up an amazing point that actually occurred to me as you were saying this, you most definitely should drink out of a straw at a restaurant based on, I would argue Chris's argument is the cleanliness of the, the container itself, the vessel. If you feel like you need to drink out of a straw at a restaurant, why are you eating there in the first place? That's why we only get carry out. Um, all right. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, talking ins and outs. And no, in and out burger is not coming to central Indiana. Although, if it was, Dame and I would take a double, double fries animal style. Yes. Um, what habits are you leaving behind back in? 2023 and which ones are you uh recommitting to or finding anew in 2024 the author of this seminal work is none other than Kristen Alanius, creator of the in and out concept of goal setting Kristen, in your personal finances as you dig through them deeply and think about them here in 2024 talk to me in specifics probably five things that you're going out with and five that are in in 2024 Go ahead. The mic is yours. You know that I have a list prepared. Absolutely. In a moment of vulnerability, because I know that this is wrong, <laughs> my out for 2024. Don't feel judged by whatever reaction I have. In yeah. it's, not, it's not that big of a deal. But as a personal finance expert, I feel some type of way about admitting it out loud. The out is caring about my credit score. What? Why? Pause. It's not that I put like pressure on it. Like I'm like, oh, I need to do this to increase it. But like, I still don't have a healthy relationship with looking at the FICO score that comes with my credit card statement and like looking at where it's at, where it's been, which I know is silly. I tell people all day, every day, once you get to a good score, just like don't care. It's a privilege, first of all, to not care about your credit score. But that's the goal is to get to a place where we don't care. And even though I'm in that place, I still find myself thinking about my credit score for literally no good reason. I don't want to judge anybody. I mean, and maybe uh, here's the other thing, Damon, I have to do when you the conversations with you. Damon, I, when we were your age, Kristen... We were not as smart as you are at your age. Like, oh, we, uh, Dame, that's rude. I'll speak for myself. I, I'm, I'm still a dumb man, but I was a much dumber man when I was your age. Dame, do you want to weigh in? We were absolutely signing up for credit cards to get a t-shirt and a two-liter Mountain Dew. Yeah, and we were drinking them uh, in a, a Stanley with a straw. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Dame, I, I just don't give a rip about my credit score. Now, I'm glad it's high, but I also don't care, right? How is that how you feel? I mean, I... I saying I don't care isn't necessarily genuine because I would for sure care if it wasn't uh, high. So I, I, I have a vested interest in it being there, but at the same time, our, our, our financial habits are such that I am not concerned that it's going to drop anytime soon, short of, um, you know, me getting hit by a bus and us losing the passwords to our online banking account so we can pay our bills. So I, I'm not concerned with it. And maybe that's the, maybe that's the takeaway is, is that I don't, I don't have to be at this point. And I don't know if that's a privilege or necessarily, maybe it's a a reward for doing things financially right for so long that it's not, uh, not a concern of mine. That's fair. I I mean, I'll say this and without being the, well, someday Christian, I, I would say within 10 years, you, you will not give a rip in any capacity. I, I don't know if that's just, I don't know if I'm capable of that as a person, you guys. I am just so, I don't know if it is this like, when I grew up in school, like I was a perfect attendance kid and would like cry if I was going to miss school. Like it is, I think just who I am to care about this metric because I am being measured and I'm obsessed with like being measured. Do you care? Uh, I'm curious, and you may not have a good answer for this. Do you, do you find yourself more concerned with your credit score or retirement fund balances? 
por qué no los dos? Why not both? <laughs> I, um, I check, I, you guys, I log into my betterment every day. I just, I don't, and maybe the, all of it, maybe I need to take a step back in 2024 from looking at those things at, with the frequency that I do, because everything is fine. And I know everything's fine, but I, the relationship there is not good. So how is your day impacted when you log into your Betterment account after a week that we've just had the last five or you know five-ish days? I mean, does it does it make a tangible impact on your mood or your behavior when you see your account drop by the thousands of dollars? No. So why do you check? I don't know. I don't know. And I I just have this suspicion that I am less alone in that than I broad scope than I am in this platform right now. I think there are a lot of people who care about their credit scores or their retirement account balances who are checking on them with a higher degree of frequency than they need to because they just have this, what I would call an, maybe an unhealthy relationship with those numbers. I, like I said, in this conversation, I feel like I'm alone, but I do not think that I am alone broad scope. Uh, I mean, full, full disclosure, when it, I was uh, aggressively saving for some goals, I would regularly check my savings account uh, balance, even though I, I knew what it was because I could do rough math in my head, but I like that positive reinforcement of, of, of seeing, uh, me start to achieve that goal. So I understand checking account balances, but Maybe there's a maybe there's something more there as far as uh, seeing numbers and and just trying to make sure that you're you're measuring up to some some goal. So, Kristen, is the out to stop caring so much about your credit score? The out is to have a healthier relationship with those metrics. I think that's what we just uncovered. Is that for me? And maybe that's too lofty of a goal for 2024 because I want. I want it to be achievable. So for me, maybe that first step is the credit score because that's the one that truly does not matter in my financial life. It does not matter. Dame, do you want to... Uh, you, you, you gave us that you're going to be more sensitive sort of at the end of the break, more sensitive to everyday yeah. spending. To me, everyday spending includes dining out. Like what other categories are currently in a household with a teen and a preteen, like what, 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 what other expenses exists? Well, yeah, expenses in our house specifically are going to be around their athletic endeavors, but there's only so much that we can do to mitigate some of those costs. So, uh, I guess the other, other area that we could have potential control over is going to be, uh, just discretionary purchases through, uh, Amazon just makes it too darn easy to go out and, and buy stuff that, you probably don't need, uh, but just makes it all that much more convenient to have in your life. So uh, maybe some discretionary purchases to, can uh, can get jettisoned a little bit. It just occurred to me in the next segment. Uh, can we talk about travel, youth travel sports? Like Kristen, you're just gonna you're gonna have to be the voice of reason, <laughs> and Dame and I can be, you know, your subject. Is that okay? Can we do that in the next segment? Sure. Yeah. What, Chris, what else? Any other in and or out for 2024 for you? In for me is more intentionality around my intermediate savings. Like I have a set amount that I save for the intermediate, but I think I need to be more intentional. I have a really good handle on my short-term goals and I know, I know what I want my long-term goals to be, but I think I need to put some more time and energy into what really are my intermediate goals and making sure I'm funding all of them appropriately, or are they all achievable? Because we all run out of money eventually. Money is finite. So what what things can I achieve on the track that I'm on and which things might be out of reach? I'm curious, does it feel more like consumption goals or do they feel like uh, accumulation goals? Accumulation goals, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I will say, and it kind of gets into the next segment here, um, Dame... Your intermediate goals and my intermediate goals are really coming into focus really, 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 really oh, yeah. fast. And so I wonder, Kristen, if just the stage of life thing, right? Because, you know, I, I got a daughter going to college in three or four years, right? And then the son seven years after or from here. But anyway, good, good thought, good rambling thought. Uh, as a radio professional, I'm sure people didn't turn the channel when I did that. 
Coming up after the break, confessions of a youth sports travel parent. Oh, all that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm a youth sports travel parent. Right. This Pete, is, could you yeah. could you guess your credit score within 20 points, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say 800, but I don't really know. Like, I don't know. I mean <laughs> 800. What's it go up to? 850 now? <clears throat> I think so. I don't know. 800. Uh, who cares? Um, yeah. yeah. All right. So the, the where this segment is going, I found myself in a conversation last night saying a phrase that I, I never thought I would say, and I've judged <laughs> others for in the past. And so, Kristen, I'm just going to present this idea to you. Dame, you can take any perspective or role you want to feel like you need to take in this conversation. But are you are you doing this in the break, or you want to do this on the air? No, I'm doing it on the air. I'm just setting it up. We're doing it in like five okay. seconds here. I just okay. uh, three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. So years ago, I believe it was in USA Today. I wrote a column about youth travel sports. Actually, yeah, it might have been. No one knows. Could have been on a blog called Pete the Planner. .com. The newly redesigned Pete the Planner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you been? Yes. Yes. It looks great. Shout out to Forrest uh, on our marketing team for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you guys are both on it. Looking good. Uh, Forrest calls those our rock band headshots, I think is what he told oh. me. And I love that. They look great. I haven't heard him say that. I, I like it. Um, so I, I wrote this <laughs> hot take about why youth travel sports is financially bad for, for a lot of people. And it was, it was based on this idea, very simple idea that investing too much in youth travel in in the I word, there it is. uh, And putting too much money towards uh, youth travel sports will actually lead to student loans. That's it, right? You're saying, I'm not going to save for college because instead I'm going to spend this money in the now. And as a byproduct of that, I can't save money to uh, get rid of the cost of college. So I'm going to pause there for a second. Is everyone tracking, Dame? Is this, are we good? Yeah. Yes. Kristen, uh, that's, but for, do you disagree with that, Dame, real quick? Do you disagree with that idea? Um, man, uh, in general, I think that is how a lot of people end up. So I, I don't disagree. I don't think it may be quite as uh, ubiquitous as you thought it was when you made that statement originally. Kristen, anything you want to? I think generally speaking, you are correct. Okay. Well, geez. Can we can we clip that? Can we clip what she just said? Generally speaking, you are correct. And she said that to me. That will go on my LinkedIn page. Can't Forrest, wait. get on. Yeah, can't wait to delete the LinkedIn page. Okay, so last night in a discussion, I found myself saying, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, I'm also trying to, as I think about this, strip out the details that I should strip out. Um, someone has an interest to continue and pursue a particular path, sure. right? Yep. And... Uh, having been a division three college athlete personally and my wife uh, as well, Mrs. Planner, we, we know that uh, college sports is not, uh, first of all, it's not the end all be all. Second of all, it's a pretty big range in spectrum. You don't have to be a D one superstar to enjoy and getting, have a nice experience for four years. You can go to a thousand person liberal arts school on the Ohio river and be just fine. So knowing that at least one of our little people uh, has this in mind, last night I said, uh, as we were considering a a pretty big expense, I said, you know, if if this person goes and does this, this expense really is an investment in that. And it, I know, (laughs) it came out of my mouth. Kristen, should I quit my job? (laughs) <laughs> immediately oh 
<laughs> Immediately. I'm just being honest, though. Oz will accept your resignation <laughs> at 11. But will Molly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. In, but okay. So here's my justification, Dame. It. I am not cutting back what we're saving for college. We have mm -hmm. co college will be paid for. Not a problem. It really, in, in my estimation, in the conversation, it really was saying this will help this person enjoy that activity in college or be part of the activity in college. It wasn't this is an investment as a way to get a scholarship. It has nothing to do with that. It was really this person enjoys this. This is something they said is important to them, and I'm willing to support that cause. So investment was financial in the current, but it wasn't investment in terms of a financial payoff. It was more about satisfaction. Does that make it better? Yes, because that's the entire uh, point of having that that mind space or that that perspective is if I'm investing in my child to build the skill or to do uh, do this event or or sport or whatever it is, I'm still willing to do it and not expect to have any financial benefit once they reach college. If I am still willing to pay that money for that with that parameter around it, I call it whatever the heck you want, but I have to know that I'm doing that, not expecting there to be a big payoff once they, they matriculate to whatever university they're going to go to. And Kristen, this is where I get stuck. And I'm just, I, sometimes I overshare sometimes I, but I'd rather seem realistic. The reason I feel like I can entertain these thoughts and battle with it is because we're in the financial position to both pay for college and I don't want to say write a blank check check for youth travel sports, but spend rather aggressively. And so that is unrealistic in terms of what most people deal with, but it is also my reality. So th that's how I have to make decisions. Um, and, and I don't, my question to you is not, am I a raging hypocrite? It's, is there anything wrong with the thinking here? And I want you to be honest. I don't think that there's anything wrong with ultimately how you're going about that decision. But the danger for me is in the word investment, because what oh, Dame yeah. said, what Dame said, I think is key. Dame said that he basically used the same phrasing that we use when we're talking about loaning money to family. And we say, you just should not expect to get the money back. Sure. It was really the same phrasing applied to this situation. So I'm like, you're gifting the experience to your child. You're not investing. So, uh, and I think it feels different and depending on your level of ability to achieve the long-term goals, that phrasing is important. I agree. I, I think, um, you know, Todd makes a point on our, our YouTube live chat here he said, uh, I have a friend who went all in with his son in a sport with the notion a scholarship would be given. The son eventually got burnt out and quit the sport as a junior in high school. It's funny. I was having that conversation with Oz this morning uh, as she quit her illustrious volleyball career, you know, because Oz is like six, seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's the thing with this is I, I think part of this conversation, Dame, comes along with the pressure that comes with the spending. And yeah. uh, I'm going to again, I'm going to get over my skis a bit. What I have witnessed from afar, uh, both as a personal finance expert and as a, just another parent on the sideline that gets to listen and watch, is you have people who are not in amazing financial situations that really do have to sacrifice to pay for this or that. And there gets to be, and not judgmental, this is observational, like the, a desperation in their eyes. And then the, the stakes go higher because we're giving up this to, for this and you're not playing well. And that's a that's a tough element. Again, I'm not judging. I would I think I'd probably feel the same way if I was choosing between something else I want funded mm -hmm. and that. Dame, I gotta assume you see that too in in, in your yeah purview. Yeah, I mean, not only do I see it, but I mean, crime. I I remember being a kid and you know having this this pursuit or a couple different pursuits, and you know, mom and dad spending money on me. And then all of a sudden I mean, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I kind of blindsided them by it. And all of a sudden they, they've just spent some cash and 
it was kind of for naught. And it, there's there's a emotional impact and a, a relational impact on everybody involved at that point. So you got to make sure you're spending money for the right reasons. I was shocked as anyone when you're just you're just shot. I blew the joke. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> Kristen, as a, as a uh, go ahead, Dame. No, I was just sighing at my my disappointment. I was trying to get out. I was just as shocked as anyone else when your dressage career ended. Mm. Yeah, oh. that's a mouthful, though. Did you, Kristen, did you hear Dame say criminy a few minutes ago? No. <laughs> He's got old guy phrases just oozing out of that beautiful face. Of, you said crime. You said criminy. <laughs> Did you not even hear yourself say criminy? No, that's I'm not gonna, good. I'm, I'm going to need confirmation from the <laughs> listeners that I said you 100 said. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week on the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Criminy. <laughs> that's the fact that you don't know is telling. You 100 said criminy, but here's was the it, thing: was it I, when I couldn't hear and I had to back out of the the stream? Because if it was, because no. if it's if it is, you're probably lucky I didn't say something else. <laughs> no, you know, you said "criminy" <laughs> as a transition point. Oh, uh, I think you said it, Dane, but I hardly noticed because I also say "criminy" is what Andy says. But that's also why she's going to get a, a broken coffee mug in the mail today. Oh. Um, <laughs> I hope it's broken. We'll send you another one. But I, it's just so funny if we send out like gifts to people and they're ruined. That's <laughs> very on brand. Um. I used to be a lot more critical of the actual industrial youth sports complex or the youth yeah. sports industrial complex, I should say. Um, I used to be I put a lot more blame on them. And and they are certainly not without uh, complete blame or zero blame. But it, it is a parent's decision of how are they going to deal with their resources. I don't know. When I said the when I said the I word last night, I my face went white. It was one of the first podcasts I listened to viewers was with you. And was it Travis Dorch? Oh my gosh. Travis Dorch, former Purdue university Peter. punter. Yeah. Who then went to punt for the, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Then I believe went out to Idaho. Yeah. University of Idaho. Let's look at him. What are you to study youth sports psychology? All right, so let's look him up. Travis Dorch, Utah State. There he is. Uh, wow. Yeah, he's doing TEDx talks. Dr. Really? Travis Dorch to you, Dame. Oh, oh, oh my mistake. Wow. I'll put some more respect on that next time. You know time. what? Yeah, he is a Human Development and Family Studies founding director at Utah State University. Should we have him back on the show? Sounds like it. Man, he's got good hair. Kristen can get him uh, one of the Purdue football helmets to sign for for my basement. For your basement, I saw a picture of your basement. That sounds so creepy. A little bit, yeah. Wow, mm. but I think you sent it, so I'm I just... did send it, and you're committed now. You saw um, the picture. <laughs> it looks really cool. Doesn't it look really good? It really does. Looks great. Thank you. Oh, oh wait, uh, we did a segment on what brand of uh, containing are you drinking? Oh, what brand of container are you drinking out today? Do we get a what's in Damien's pocket today segment? Yes, Kristen, can we guess Damien's? What's, what do you have in your hand? A flashlight and a pocket knife. Why are they already out of your pocket? Because I saw the comment and I figured you were going to read it. So I prepared. Wait, can, you, can we see him again? Hold him up. Oh, hold on. I go full it's a flat flashlight. Hold on. I want to go full screen for the people that care. Okay. So on your, the orange thing is what? That is a flashlight? It's a flashlight. It's a three mode flashlight. It's got. Don't, uh, shine. don't shine my eyes. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a UV light so that when you are in hotel rooms, you can check to see uh, what, what's uh, around there. Or, Time out. Time I out. know you're going to go with the restaurant. No, it was just the the one that I thought you might be most interested. Oh, wait, I just kicked Dame. <laughs> I just I didn't mean to do that. Sorry, Dame, you're back. I just accidentally kicked you out. Why would you look at sheets in a hotel room with the UV, whatever light that is? Because then you got to leave the hotel room because everyone's filthy. That's fun. It's fun. Uh, and then I've got a uh, a laser uh, on there as well. 
Uh, which I, I won't because I'll blind Thank half you. of the people watching. Green or red? Green. Uh, and then a, uh, I, I can see it like at, at least 200 yards away. And then uh, a flat, just a flashlight, multi-mood flashlight on that. So it's that's a you, lot. Do you say multi-mood? Mode. I, I heard mood and I, I, that's much more intriguing. Mode? <laughs> Mode? Oh, and then yeah. the knife. The knife does have one blade that can kill a person. Just one, yeah, just one. But with all the gee, many Christmas with all the Krav Maga, do you even need it? The knife? Yeah, I gotta. I can cut stuff. I mean, occasionally you gotta open things, and or you can't or, get into an Amazon I, box with your Krav Maga, then you have not gotten. Oh, well, no. but then I destroy what's in the box too. Wow, what are you ordering? More flashlights? Sometimes. <laughs> Kristen, what's in your pockets right now? Nothing. I'm Women carry lift. nothing in their pockets. Women carry like, nothing in their pockets. All right, I'm going. I got. I'll show you. Oh, ow. I about lost my ears here. Okay. Hold how, on. Uh, how how's uh, soccer been going while you're digging there? Uh, I skipped my game last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got my wallet. Okay. I've got a single key fob for my car. I've got my keys to the office on a single key ring. And I have your pucker up and kiss your money. Hello, Pete, the planner branded chapstick. That is a decade old, probably at this point. It is very old, but it still lubes me well. Vintage. Mm. I have vintage lube on these here lips. (laughs) Okay. Don't don't react, Kristen. Just let him sit in it. (laughs) Sitting here in lube. Okay. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner Show, is the Swarovski Swarovski Optic AX Vizio Smart Binoculars. During this year's CES, Swarovski, did I say that right? Yeah, that's better. Optic introduced its latest innovation. The AX Vizio smart binoculars harness the power of artificial intelligence to upgrade the nature watching experience. As you're viewing, the binoculars can identify wildlife in real time. Well, Cap, can I get a timeout? Yes. Can't anything identify wildlife in real time? It's like a deer walks up. It's not like I go, give me a week and I'll tell you what, what that was. Like I can see a deer. But not anything can see something in real time. No? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, As you're viewing, the binoculars can identify wildlife in real time while capturing photos and videos of your session with a built-in camera. Mm -hmm. Oh, media is sent to the Swarovski. I'm going to stop saying that. Optic Outdoor app to be downloaded to your phone or device and shared with your friends to bore them on social media. Hey, y'all, look, a ground squirrel. (laughs) Observations can even stream live. Mark Newsom, the industrial designer behind the AX, found inspiration in the brand's Habich series, taking a forum follows function approach to create the ideal combination of simplicity, functionality, and ergonomics. Uh, These binoculars will be released on February 1st. Uh, Kristen. What? What? Did she win last week? I didn't win last week, but I thought 2024 was the year that I got to go second. Sorry, you weren't mentioned on the Boss Hog podcast, uh, whatever that thing is. So, uh, Kristen, what does this cost? I don't. This is going to be so bad. It's a smart device. It has an app. They are $350. Damien, Andrew, Dunn, who... You have a pair of binoculars from this manufacturer, do you not? No, no, no. Uh, they're Steiners, uh, but they're uh, they're they're very very good. So this is to say, you are the type of person who knows multiple brands of binoculars. Well, glass. I mean, because uh, okay, yes, multiple. Yes, Damien. I know this has occurred to everyone else in our organization, but you are Ron Swanson. I, somebody's actually called me that uh, in our organization. So, yeah. um, Damien, what do you think this brand of glass costs? I mean, if it was just the binoculars itself, it was probably gonna be around at least a thousand dollars, but it's at CES and there's tech involved. So it's going to be at least double that. And I'll be 
aggressive and say, oh, are we still playing prices right rules? Do I have to be of careful course. of going over? Yeah. Uh, th then I'll say $2,000. $5,890 to oh. identify wildlife and stream it live to people who don't give a rip. Yeah. Dame, yeah. what? what's in the news this week? Security and Exchange Commission officially approved spot Bitcoin ETFs this week. <laughs> the 11 exchange-traded funds will let old-school investors and Bitcoin enthusiasts alike access the world's biggest cryptocurrency without having to keep a long password for a crypto wallet. That's right. This move makes it even easier for your mom to become a crypto bro. Uh, now that it's real, what does that mean? Spot Bitcoin ETFs will make investing in crypto more accessible by providing investors with exposure to Bitcoin without them having to buy it themselves. Pete, there are some very creative tickers for these ETFs. Can I share a few of my favorites with you? Please do. Van Eck, the ticker for their ETF for Bitcoin is HODL, H-O-D-L. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yep. Franklin Templeton, EZBC. Easy hmm. Bitcoin. Okay. And possibly my favorite ticker of all time, Valkyrie Burr, B R R. The money machine just goes Burr. Uh, I received on Wednesday, January 10th at 1237 p.m., a Slack from one of our coworkers. <laughs> and the one Slack up. says today is the SEC's deadline to rule on the Bitcoin spot ETF. If they communicate a decision, my 24-hour prediction is 35500 if denied and $60,000 if approved. It, this person was so wildly wrong. I think it bumped to 49 and then fell back to, what, 46, 47? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, it, it jumped, and I'm looking up. Uh, right now, it is at 44.3, and it is down 4.25% today. Being a, a a predictor of securities is not as easy as people. We make it look easy on this yeah. show. Yes. We make it look easy. Dan, what else is in the news? How much would you need to get paid to stop having nightmares if you were on the plane that sprung a hole mid-flight? That's a good mm -hmm. question. Alaska Airlines thinks it's $1,500. That That's not the number. That is not the number. That I <laughs> That's what the airline offered passengers who were on flight 1282, which had to make an emergency landing after the door plug on the Boeing 737 MAX 9 blew off. Quote, to assist with any inconveniences, according to the Washington Post. The airline also provided an apology and a full refund, as well as mental health resources from Empathia. While some passengers may later decide to sue to get more cash from either the airline or Boeing, at least they don't have to buy new iPhones as one of those survived a 16,000 foot fall to earth after being sucked out of an airplane. Please let me know what case was on that phone. Wild. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to try to be as honest as we can here right now. I mean, which is generally what we try to do, but, but don't get, don't get crazy. Kristen. Oh, if you're on that flight, how much money do you believe? And you can frame it however you want. Okay. You should be paid or if at all, from Alaska Airlines for contributing to that near-death experience for you? Be as serious and honest as you care to be. I, for me, that would, the, the reality is, is that, that that's a priceless amount for me. I am the type of person, I just, it would, it would have to be, before I would not stop laughing at you, it would have to be broaching Six figures. Oh, well, okay. Well, that that's okay. Sure. Dame, where are you at? I, I think I agree with Kristen. I don't know if there's a set amount of money that would make that okay uh, for, for me, but I'd feel really, really good with a number starting $50,000. That's my number. Yeah. That's my number. Yeah. yeah I don't, I mean, it's really hard to put yourself in these people's shoes that, also, we're sucked out of the plane. Um, Fifty grand feels about right to me. Yeah. Do you? This is more maybe a character question, so you don't feel like you have to answer it. Dame, would you participate in the class action suit? 
class action suits i mean well i guess this is such a small number of people yes but you know like those national class action suits where you get three dollars and 74 cents i who cares but this one um probably probably what do we believe Kristen? the final number will end up being do you want to take a guess? oh maybe this is the prediction oh oh but okay, well, here's what we got to account for, though. If it is, it is now class action uh, status, from what I understand. So it's going to be a, a this aggregate amount, and so we we were going to have to guess this oh. pre attorney fees. Right. So we're you know we're not going to take the third out, and we are going to have to divide by the number of passengers. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's too much math for me. Just do just do the aggregate amount. What's the award going to be before they divvy it up amongst all the parties? How then? What is it, Dame? How many people were on the plane? Like 200? That's that's what I, I don't think. know. I think. Um, 20, just, million, $20 million. I was close. 20, 25, yeah. yeah. I love that we're just talking about this so definitively. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah 50, it's 50 grand. Sucked out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Good times, everybody. Hey. hey. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Pour, pour one out for fruit stripe, uh, fruit stripe gum. By the way, its manufacturer said they shut it down. This, I saw uh, that man. Aww. It's th- some of the best five seconds of your life. Yeah, can be had with a stick of fruit stripe gum. All right, that's it, Kristen. Thanks for being part of the show, Dame. Thanks for being part of the show, everyone else. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. The craziest thing about that whole thing is I saw, and I don't even know if it's true, but that the person who was supposed to be in the seat next to the door that separated itself from the plane missed their flight. Really? See, I saw a picture and I thought the seat was still there, but like the the cushion on the back got sucked out. Jeremy, Jeremy just <laughs> said 50K is less than traveling your sports. So I'm like, a, oh boy. All right. So Andy, of course, because she's listener of the year, who's going to receive a broken coffee mug within hours, says 171 people are on the flight. Okay. So let's go times 50 grand and see what we come up with. That's $8.5 million in after return And after attorney's fees. Okay. So we're going to have to then half. divided by 0.33. Mm. Oh, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's Friday. I'm out of math. Uh, I, I, I think we end up. I, I think we end up at uh, twenty million. I think that's the number, Dame. I think it is too. Whatever it is is just not. That's the hard thing. Is like the money does not fix the fact that, like Rick said, you'd never fly. I don't think I could ever fly again. Do do we feel like ethically or morally that Alaska Airlines is obligated to pay people this? Or is this sort of like, this is what we can squeeze out of it? Like, do you feel like they have a, because I'm sure their ticket terms of service say they don't have to pay anyone anything for this. But is that under the assumption that like all the parts to the plane are going to make it to the airport with you? Like... <laughs> Because they question. didn't. Fair question. And negligence is never part of something like that. So the negligence is interesting because then it starts to go. And I, by the way, none of us at this point. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Not at all. <laughs> but doesn't it go over like because now Boeing's involved and, and Boeing's CEO is apologizing. Right. Mm-hmm. So would Alaska airlines even be making this payment or would Boeing be making this payment? Well, I don't, I don't know whose responsibility is to make sure that those bolts are tight. Yes, they should have been tight from the factory, but there's ongoing, uh, you know, maintenance requirements for each of those, uh, those planes and, and airframes. So I don't know if they're supposed to get checked every so often or, or whose responsibility that is. If only pilot Jeremy were on to help us through this conversation. Talk, yeah. We had green lasers. We've had doors being sucked off of planes. This is this is Pilot Jeremy's segment thing. Where where is he? Okay. Um. Anybody got anything else? I do have a meeting I'm late for right now. So thank you for that. Uh, In uh, in honor of fruit stripe gum, uh, best candy. That's not a candy bar. Oh, best candy. That's not a candy bar. (laughs) Not a big candy guy. 
I'm not either. A toffee? Is toffee a candy bar? You're acting your age, man. Yeah. You what? got Werther's in your pockets, too? <laughs> you guys, the show is ending. Um, criminy. Okay. Uh, that's a little much. You said criminy. Whatever. Play the tape. Kristen, as you think about the age of your co-hosts. Yeah. And you think about who... Well, like what? What's the what's the thing? What's your real age or what's your <laughs> biological age? Yeah. Who who is older? Dame? Oh come on! What? <laughs> I love how she didn't a, have to think about it for a minute. That's not a question. Who is older, Dame or me? Okay, there is a difference with the distinction. Dame is older, but you are aging more quickly because I feel like Dame was born. <laughs> Dame was born an old old man, whereas like I feel like you are like coming into being an old man. Does that make sense? Old man moment of the week. Are you ready for this? Uh, uh, ben, uh, his daughters are selling Girl Scout cookies. Mm -hmm. And so as I would expect, and as I would hope, they film a little video, they put it within the, the company Slack channel and say, hey, buy some cookies. And I love that. You know, I love, I love that. It's just great. And so within the message, Ben puts a link where you can order your, put your cookie order. You can pay them and do all of this. In my excitement and gusto about this moment, I completely read past the link and put my order in manually for uh -huh. in, in the Slack channel. Like I'll pay, take a back to the tag along Samoas and Thin Mints, <laughs> and it was like the oldest guy moment of like, "Hey, old man, there's a link," uh -huh. and so Ben, God bless him, he put the order in for me and was like, "Hey, man, you you owe me eighteen dollars." <laughs> I am a, I, Kristen. I've crossed over. I'm pre-elderly. Yeah, I think I had already done my little donation and paid with my Apple Pay before you had like manually put your order into Slack. <laughs> so. I like that you called it a donation as though you're not going to consume those cookies. I didn't. I donated them. Oh, you can donate cookies? Yeah, at the no, top, there's like yet. a donate option. And I did that in lieu of getting them shipped to me. <laughs> so I'm older than Dame is what you're saying. You're aging quicker. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. You guys, I have some I have some anxiety by how much <laughs> I'm aging right now. I really do. But I think that's, I, what, Dame, is that a midlife crisis? What are we, what are we approaching here? Yeah, it's probably a midlife crisis at this point. Cool. Oh, well. At least anyway. it's dry January. Uh, Dame, how's your moist January going? Very well. Very well. Yeah. 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 Chris and I are still <laughs> drier than the desert. Is that, a, is that a thing? Yeah. That's what Howard Buckwalter would say. Just goes in our bathroom reader. It's <laughs> <laughs> our bathroom reader. Uh, the, bath the idea of a bathroom reader in itself is inhygienic. Uh, unhygienic. I've, I've I've got a UV light for it. Oh, okay. With that, I'm gonna go. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> Proving once again that Kristen's number one and Dame's number two. two. Okay, everybody, stay getting money.